From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk surging Cavs and a new Browns coach. On the road, we talk NFL Conference Championships and throw out some Iceman cold shots. We head off the field and talk music for the first time in 2024. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, how did you enjoy the last real Sunday of football before the UFL starts this spring? I, I enjoyed it. It was a nice Sunday of of two games that provided uh, an opportunity to take a nap and an opportunity to stretch it into the evening. It was, it was very nice. No rooting interest whatsoever. And the UFL starts in the spring, so we've got a little yep. bit of a... All right, I need a break. Okay, good. You're going to get one. <laughs> yeah. I think Phil put it really, like it was stress-free. I had rooting interest. Like I wanted, obviously, would like to have seen the line. I think we all wanted to see the Lions yeah. win that game. Yeah, but, absolutely. But ultimately, a Sunday with football is always better without Sundays, without football on Sundays. But I, I'm not convinced the UFL Sundays will be better if they might play on Wednesdays for all. <laughs> yeah, it might actually be Saturday. <laughs> Saturday so I don't know. Morning. Yeah, Saturday morning games. <laughs> I just wanted to make a joke about the UFL to start the show. So why don't we get going? We will start at home. And we're going to start for the first time this year with our sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cavs recap. And we picked a pretty good week to move the Cavs to the top of our rotation. Cavs were 2-1 and one last week, including a big win in a playoff-type atmosphere, as they say, over the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night. Cavs are now 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. 27 and 16 on the season and currently the five seed in the East. What do you think is the secret to what the Cavs have done during this 10 game stretch? Elite defense probably has a lot to do with it. Spacing ball movement, getting real contributions from guys that maybe we didn't think were, were maybe just gimmick players like Merrill is, is not, he could play. He has an all around good game and, Really, uh, your guys' love interest where I was wrong with Tristan Thompson, the drug thing really put me behind you again. Uh, yeah. But but Jared <laughs> Jared Allen has been an elite two-way player for this run. He has been phenomenal. And his mid-range shot is actually working. Like the, the shot we wanted Mobley to develop, yeah. uh, Allen is hitting. Chuck just stole all my points. So, Phil, come up with and something boy. interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to focus on the uh, the production from people we didn't expect. So, but I mean, that's the low hanging fruit a little bit there. And, and Chuck put it perfectly. Like, guys like Merrill, uh, guys like Niang, um, we're getting production off the bench in double digits, game in and game out, game out in terms of scoring. And Levert just kind of worked back into that rotation too. And you know, there were games early in the season where we needed twenty six points out of Karis Levert, and now he can. All right, we got three guys coming off the bench scoring twelve to fifteen points, and it's it's really. It's really spread out well, and I think a big reason for that is Jared Allen, the way he's playing with that starting five. Uh, he's you know averaging a double double, but most games it's like twenty four and fourteen. It's you know yeah. it's it's pretty pretty ridiculous. So a little bit of a silver lining with Mobley out for that stretch. I think Allen was kind of pushed a bit to develop in a way that that we didn't see early in the season. It was a little disconcerting as the season started. So I don't know that I could add anything different. It's exactly right. That's why they're on this run. I put so much of it on the defense because even watching some of these games, you'll see if they get off to like a slow start defensively in the first half and they're losing or it's close and then they lock it in in the second half. And that you saw that on Friday night for sure. I mean, Friday night against the Bucks, that's an elite offensive squad. That's like maybe the best offense or most efficient offense in the East right now and shut them down in, in the second half. Eight of the wins that they've had in this 10-game stretch, they've held the opponents below 102. Five of those games, the opponents were below 100. And the league average scoring per game is 115. So that, that is a defense that is, that is dominating right now for the Cavs. And it looks really good, especially as we're going to get to in a minute. Evan Mobley comes back as, you know, the guy who's probably one of the odds-on favorites to win Defensive Player of the Year when the season started. Defense, I think, fueling this run. Tip your glass. Toast to the best Cav of the week, and I think we've already mentioned everybody. Jared Allen continues to be great. Uh, this week he averaged 19 points and 12 rebounds a game. He That includes the 24-14 and 14 against Giannis on Friday night. Donovan Mitchell 
averaged 26 points a game and nine assists. And it feels like he really began to adjust his game to facilitate more with Garland out. You guys already mentioned him, Sam Merrill. Averaged 15 points a game and may becoming a legitimate real scoring weapon for this team. Uh, last one, Georgie's the aggressive pair, Niang. 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, but just somehow was awesome. Honorable mention, Isaac Okoro. He only averaged seven points a game, but he is playing such great like man-on-man defense. Shut Dame Lillard down in the second half on Friday night. So tip your glass. Who gets your toast of the week for the Cavs? I'm going to give it to Jared Allen. Those are all great options. And I, w- I was really impressed with Mitchell's assist uh, production this week. I mean, that, that was huge. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Jared Allen because two out of those three games, he had to worry about Giannis uh, all game long. Uh, this was yeah. not a this was not a thinned out injured Bucks team that we destroyed a couple weeks ago. This was the full the full gamut. Like we we had to play Giannis two nights in in three days. I like what Bickerstaff said about it too. That he went into that saying, "All right, guys, this is going to give us a little bit of a postseason feel." They lost the first one and they 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 came back and 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 got that second win on the road in large part because of the way Jared Allen played down low. So he gets my, what is it? Sip tip of the glass toast, toast of the glass, toast of the MVB. Town? All right. He's the man. <laughs> Do I need a new name for this? We no, did this just, all last year too. Yeah. I'm just a little, not, not, not firing all cylinders. Tonight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> They're all great choices. I'm glad you you honorable mentioned to Curl because he's he's playing all NBA defense. He had more blocks and steals than points on Friday, but his impact on on games is becoming immeasurable. But I think I'll go Merrill Mania. Like you know, like he hit a ton of threes. Um, and like we like we kind of already said, he's he's turning. I thought that that was his thing. Like he's just going to be a, a shooter, uh, but he plays good defense. He gets around screens really well. Uh, he's becoming a better player than I thought, which is great because through all of this, we haven't really mentioned that Struess is like ice cold. It seems like a guy who was yeah. really contributing early on. I don't know if he's got some sort of little injury happening or what, but he's just not yeah. the same player he was early on in the year. So I'll go Merrill because I never thought that would come out of my mouth, no matter how many weeks the season was that I would <laughs> I would toast him. But it's it's Merrill. It's a hard choice. Um, obviously, Jared Allen. One of my favorites. Donovan Mitchell continues to be an absolute stud, but I think I want to go with Merrill as well. You now feel with some confidence that that guy comes on the floor and and could have 20 in the blink of an eye. I never thought we would ever get something like that from Sam Merrill, but, man, he can score points in bunches, and that adds something really unique to this team that I don't think we've seen in the last few years. So um, I'm all for Sam Merrill continuing to chuck him up uh, as long as they're going down the way they are right now. He's a chucker. He is a chucker. (laughs) Now, the big news today was the announcement that the Cavs are expecting Evan Mobley to be back tomorrow night for the game against the Clippers after being out for six weeks. So are you excited by Mobley's return? or scared that he's going to ruin the vibe they've put together the last few weeks. Isn't that a really Cleveland thing to say? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But I am worried that he might ruin the vibe. Yeah, go f*** yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, like, that's, I know that's just kind of our mindset, but the, but the truth is this team has had nothing like but adversity throughout the whole season. Everybody has been injured. They haven't had their full lineup, and now those pieces are coming back. But they're playing a much different brand of basketball over this this stretch and i like this brand of basketball yeah not that evan mobley won't contribute to it but uh it it does make me a little nervous that it feels like they're on this hot streak and now we got to learn maybe how to play with another major piece that might carry us down down the stretch is, is going to become a more important part of this team but yeah i'm i'm secretly worried that that it's going to screw <laughs> up the chemistry for a little bit possible that evan mobley is secretly <laughs> shitty and going to ruin Maybe, maybe. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not really worried, but I'm convinced it will screw up the the chemistry of the team. It's just that's the nature of things, right? Um, but this is the perfect time of the season to have that happen. It's the end of January, going yeah. into February. Let Mobley, who clearly we need that guy playing at a high level as we get to the end of the season in April and into the playoffs. So let them figure out their new chemistry in February. Um, so, yeah, it's just that's the nature of things. I think it will screw up the chemistry. We'll probably take a step back before we take hopefully several steps forward. I'm excited 
because I don't want to see Dean Wade in the starting rotation anymore. <laughs> um, it would be nice to get him out of there. So I'm excited to have Mobley back for that. My concern is, are, are we going to lose the Jared Allen that we've seen the last six weeks who's been so good? And I don't think we should. It doesn't seem like that, sh- that should happen. But he definitely wasn't playing like that early in the year when Mobley was playing and he wasn't hurt. And I don't think we saw this from Allen last year either. Uh, and I don't know if like two big guys can survive like that or if it makes more sense to just have one center and to trade Evan Mobley. All right. So oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Evan Mobley should be an elite player in this league. He, he should be awesome. We haven't seen that. I don't think we've seen enough development from him on offense. And I don't want him to get in the way of what J.A. is doing. So we'll see. But speaking of trades, trade deadline is February 8th. It's only 11 days away. Are the Cavs making a move? And if so, what type of move do you think it would be? This is, I think we may have said the same thing last year. This is a, this is a roster that I guess due to injury in the last couple weeks or week, month and a half, I guess, we have found the type of player that this Cavs roster needed on the roster. So I think getting Mobley back, getting Garland back, hopefully uh, soon thereafter, I think you stand pat. Like, I don't think you make a move. What, what move is there to make that would make this roster better for this year? I don't know if that exists. And I'd hate to see this team make a move for the future. This is like, go ahead and if you stay in the top four in the East right now, go ahead and take a run at this. If there is any move, it's that Tristan Thompson role with him being out because you saw him be a pleasant surprise and, and they definitely need a backup big somewhere. Uh, not that the other, what's the guy's name he's playing is Jones. Ty, Ty Jones. Ty yeah. Jones. And like he played okay. Like he was terrible. Yeah. He kind of played okay. Uh, but as much a surprise as Tristan Thompson is for this team, I th- I think that depth is the only move they make, and it shouldn't cost them a whole lot. You're looking for somebody to give you, what, eight yeah. to ten minutes a game? That's kind of what I was thinking as well. If they're going to make a move, it's for, like, a backup big who can come in because, you know, Thompson's gone for 25 games now, and you don't know once he's off the juice, what kind of player he's going to be when he comes back. I mean, we're all been kind of surprised by the bounce that guy had. Um, so I think that's it. And I think you're right. It's not, it's not a big move. It's not moving a big piece. It's just, you know, and maybe it's not even a trade deadline move. Maybe this is like one of those buyout guys, like after the trade deadline that you, you can bring in somebody like that who can, who can grab some minutes. Uh, Cause I think they're going to still need that. And I don't know if they can count on, Tristan Thompson anymore. All right, next week, Cavs are home and away for a busy week. Monday night in the land against the powerhouse Clippers. Home again Wednesday night for the not really powerful Pistons. Thursday on the road against a pretty bad Grizzlies team. And Saturday night in Texas for a game against the really bad San Antonio Spurs. Clippers of those teams obviously are the only winning team. Uh, but they're also going to come to Cleveland in the middle of a seven-game road stretch. Can the Cavs go 4-0 this week? You're really just betting against that clip game. I'll say yeah. Why not? So like they, they, They're playing really well. Evan Mobley's coming back, even though we kind of said we're all worried about how that chemistry. Maybe <laughs> maybe he, he helps out, but it, it's a, it would be a great week to go 4-0. You're not playing great teams except the Clippers, so... I'm taking the Gerber roll here. I'm saying, why not? They can go for him. All right. They can absolutely go for and I mean, this is the week to do it. So I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to be okay with three and one. <laughs> <laughs> I like their chances to be four and oh. I too would be happy at three and one, but oddly, I think I'd be happiest at three and one if they beat the Clippers, but then lose to like one of these shitty teams, you know? A weird. Loss I don't, I don't yeah. want the the end view of these last like 15 or 20 games to be the Cavs beat a bunch of bad teams and couldn't beat good ones. I'd rather beat another good team like they did on Friday night and then lose to some scrub. And it's just like, I was an off night or something like that. So hopefully they go four and and we don't have to worry about any of that. Cavs playing great basketball right now. A lot of fun to watch. We are going to move on from the Cavs though, to our 32 shades of Brown. Our 32-week preview for the start of the next Brown season. Boy, it really felt like the season just ended a week or two ago, but it's already time to start looking forward to next season. 
Uh, obviously, the big news in the early offseason for the Browns was some moves to get rid of some coaches, uh, offensive coordinator, and some position coaches. They confirmed today that they were signing Ken Dorsey as the new OC. He was canned halfway through last season by the Bills, the only offensive coordinator job he's ever had. But before that, he was a he was a pretty hot name for a few years and was a big deal. So what do you think this signing means for the Browns? I did not see, and they probably haven't said yet, if he's going to call plays or whatever, but forget that. I don't that. think like, it anybody like, knows yet. Yeah, yeah, like who cares, right? Like who cares? I, I can't imagine I, that's going to change, though. Right, like who cares if Stefanski is the one that calls the play or not? You've got a new OC and other offensive coaches that are now going to hopefully, hopefully, take a look at what's on this roster and and put a game plan together that that really accentuates what a Deshaun Watson does. And then when Deshaun Watson goes down for a few games, what a backup Joe Flacco does or whatever it is, you, you know, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, so I, I, I like the Dorsey signing only in that he has he has been involved, although he was kind of the scapegoat in Buffalo. I think they had a really shitty start to the season. So let's blame someone. It's got to be the OC who's making Jared Allen through all these picks <laughs> or Jared yeah. Allen, uh, whatever. <laughs> there are too many Allens. <laughs> too many Allens. Yeah. Marcus I'll Allen. tell you what, Jared Marcus Allen's probably an Allen. awesome Keenan quarterback. Keenan Allen. Wayans. <laughs> uh, Allen Thick. <laughs> ah, that's a fun game. Um, yeah, so, shake that off. Yeah. I think, uh, I think like Dorsey's probably got something to prove a little bit here too, right? Like, uh, He's been already he's already been tied with cream of the crop type offensive players and a, and a team that had high expectations. So uh, welcome to Cleveland. It's the same situation. Let's see what you got. It doesn't excite me if you get fired halfway through the season and that's who you bring in when there's other guys available. However, Phil's pretty right. I think he was just kind of a scapegoat. They just weren't playing good football. I don't know if he designed their entire offense. That's what worries me because there were teams uh, being in the region that you see a lot of Bills stuff. There were teams who said like. Depending on formation, they knew exactly what play the Bills were running most yeah. of the time. That that scares me if it's if that's his offense. But I don't think he's going to implement it because Stefanski's still. And if he's going to call plays, I don't I don't care. It's such a hot button thing for no reason here. Yeah. Um. But if he's a guy who's coming in, and it seems like this is the move. Like all these guys who are coming in are supposedly going to make Deshaun Watson better or this offense better to to tailor to his strength. So. Uh, I guess I reserve the right until I know if he's actually calling plays and then when he's actually calling plays, but it's a, it's a hire and he played for the Browns and he wasn't a great pro, which usually those guys are typically better coaches. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's not like I, I ran around the block screaming how excited I was earlier. Everything is fine. I hear you saying it. Everything, I know, it's everything exa- is, I know, it's is exactly where I thought <laughs> yeah. you were going. Everything, everything is, is fine. fine. Yeah. I thought their decision to fire the OC from last year was like blown way out of proportion. Like it's an offensive coordinator who doesn't call the plays. Is it really that big a deal? Like this is Kevin Stefanski's offense. And I don't see how after last season, which I think we would all agree was probably the best play calling season Kevin Stefanski has had since he was the head coach of the Browns. There's no way you're bringing in somebody else to call the plays. Why would you make that change now? I I just don't see it. So I just don't think this is that that huge a deal. I think this is an interesting choice just because of the way things ended for him in Buffalo. But I don't know that I think this is going to change too much. I don't think there's going to be an issue where like teams can predict what play they're going to run from the formation for exactly what Phil said. Kevin Stefanski is going to be the guy in charge of this, and you never say that about him. You know what I mean? You never say that his offenses are that predictable. I just don't know that I think this is a great job if you are an up-and-coming, like, big-shot offensive coordinator who wants to move on to a head coaching job because it's going to be like Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs for all those years where everybody loved that offense, but everybody knew Andy Reid was the brains behind it and the guy calling the plays. So I think it's fine. I feel pretty comfortable with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach calling the plays and whoever he needs to kind of help him out I think it's going to be all right. I think this is a whole bunch of nothing in the long run for the Browns, but we'll see. Hopefully it's better. Although they will, like I was reading something today that Dorsey was like the quarterback coach for Cam Newton's like best year as a quarterback with Carolina. And then he was the coach that kind of got Josh Allen going early in his career. And like, all right, man, maybe this dude 
really knows his quarterbacks, and that's a good thing. So we'll see. But I tend to agree with you guys that this is all just fine, and we should start looking forward to the start of the UFL when that comes <laughs> in the spring before we worry about this too much more. But, fellas, we are going to wrap up this segment right there. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back, hit the road, talk some more NFL Conference Championship games. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road and start with the NFL Conference Championship Games, AFC Championship. Chiefs go to Baltimore, take on the Ravens, and escape with a 17-10 win. Shots of Taylor Swift during the game. Too many, too few, just right. Just right. Anytime I can see that angel baby, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Give me more. You are not one of those people who gets annoyed by them showing her in the stands and her not dancing. and Absolutely not. Yeah, just right. I, I love that she was on the field after the game, and uh, she gave Travis a big hug and said, I love you. So now I'm on Chuck oh, Kim. They're, they're definitely oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Oh, breaking news? I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, that is breaking space news. Yacht, Holy man. shit. Book your space yacht now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with Chuck now. They're getting married for sure. Uh, it's going to be glorious. I think it was too little. Travis Kelsey actually had like an awesome game. They should have been showing her more, man. Like he was the probably the most important player for the Chiefs, at least on offense, for that game. So what would you say was the story of the Chiefs win in Baltimore? That was a game where I thought the way the first two quarters were going, we were going to get a game much like we saw later in the day where it was, all right, this this game's getting, both teams are getting to the 30s. This is going to be an interesting, like who wins a turnover battle kind of thing. So it, it seemed eerily similar to some of our Browns games this year where it was like two different games after halftime before and after halftime uh the second half I think in a total of three points were scored and it was just defense both teams defense were stepping up um and you just kind of waited for that Ravens kind of breakthrough drive to make it close enough and it, and it never happened so I don't I don't know what I take away from that game other than the Chiefs have never under Patrick Mahomes had to play a road playoff game and they've had two in a row now and they're two and oh so I I like their momentum going into the Super Bowl. We're going to get to that next week, Danko. Sorry. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> uh, I felt like the Chiefs just bullied the Ravens. They outplayed them. They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, and the Ravens, man, a lot of stupid penalties, the taunting penalties, um, the roughing penalties, stuff like that. But it, it just seemed like the Chiefs bullied them. It seems like they pushed them around on offense and defense, which is not typically when you think of the Chiefs, uh, over the last few years, you don't think that, and that's that's what I saw. Plus, the Ravens abandoned the run for some reason, and I don't understand that because they were having success with it. But I was really impressed with the defense that the Chiefs played, but I'll tell you what, I don't know that I was impressed that much with their offense. They scored 17 points, and the Ravens really tried to give them more by turning the ball over. I mean, the, the Ravens had a turnover in the first half, like inside their own 40, and the Chiefs didn't get any points out of it. And so, you know, like the Chiefs had so many opportunities to blow this game open, and they couldn't do it. And you got to a point with four minutes left in the game, th there was still a chance the Ravens could win because the Chiefs couldn't do anything against that Ravens defense. This was not a game where I think like, oh, Patrick Mahomes – led these guys to some big thrilling playoff win or some like gut check playoff win. Like the offense did very, very little with a lot of opportunities that the Ravens gave them. And the Ravens defense was fantastic. It's just that the Ravens offense really pissed away every good opportunity they had to score points and, and to put that game away. So I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's like, you know, the like Baltimore lost more than the Chiefs won, but I'm still not thrilled by the Chiefs offense as I have not been for most of the season. So we'll see what that means for the Super Bowl. NFC Championship. Lions head out west to play the 49ers, let a 17-point lead disappear in the second half, and lose 34-31. to Now, if there's one thing we know, fellas, it's the pain of being close and not getting there. What advice do you have for Lions fans moving on from this loss? Man, I hope you enjoyed the ride. You know, there's there's so many parallels between our Browns in that Lions franchise that they've never been there and they were over in a season. And then you bring in a culture guy and we all fall in love with that guy. And that guy might have cost you the game, but that's OK, because maybe you learn from it. 
you not say that you overachieved this year, but you played really good football for a really long time, and you were in a spot that you've really never been in uh, as a franchise or as a coach, and that showed a little bit today. Uh, and hopefully, you kind of you kind of write that ship. Maybe you tighten up your secondary because uh, I'm not saying today was that bad, but th- their secondary is kind of bunk most of the season. So they hopefully they build something special, and they can always be our second love next to the Browns. But Hopefully you just you say it's disappointing because you know they should have and could have won that game, but it's an unbelievably great season for a franchise and a fan base that needed it. So there's there's always next year, Lions fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know not only I hope you enjoyed the ride, but I think the future is really bright here. You've got you've got your head coach, right? You're not going into this offseason worrying about who's in charge here. You've got an offense that could put points up on the board. You've got really good young wide receivers and a two-headed monster in the backfield that I really like how they use in that offense. So I think Chuck's right. This reminds me of the Browns maybe a season or two ago where they had just focus on the defensive side of the ball in this offseason. If you get the defensive side of the ball to shore up, you would hope what happened tonight doesn't happen in the second half where you're up by 17 and before you know it, you've given up 17 plus points. 27. (laughs) Yeah, right. Before the, Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that you look at the trajectory. I think Campbell took over. They had a terribly losing season his first year. They were nine and eight the next year and then 12 and five this year. So, OK, what do we need to shore up? And it, it seems like the the defensive side of the ball for that franchise. This is what I would say. This is going to hurt for a really long time. And you're just going to have to learn to live with it. I got this big scar on my forehead from running into a wall in the fifth grade. I had to learn to live with the fact that I'm going to walk around the rest of my life with this scar on my head. It's not the best thing in the world, but it hasn't really limited me in any way. I've, I've had a very nice, enjoyable did, life. Did Dan Campbell t- tell you to do that? Is that what happened? Yeah. Run into the walls. <laughs> no, Are you going to say bite your kneecaps? Bite somebody's kneecaps? No. Is that- no. So it hurts. It hurts the way the drive still hurts. It hurts the way the fumble right. still hurts. It, it hurts the way game seven in the... 97 world series still hurts now it hurts but man it's such a joy to be able to get there and when your franchise is like the browns and the lions that joy comes along very infrequently for us and so unfortunately the pain is kind of what comes with it congratulations you've got a scar you had a great year Uh, i think that team has a ton of talent and it's still a ton of upside. So I, I think the lines will be back next year, but we'll get to that in our 32 shades of blue and silver, maybe later Ooh. in the night, nice. but uh, all right. So we are going to get to a full Super Bowl preview next week, but what Super Bowl storyline are you getting sick of hearing about first stories about Taylor Swift canceling a concert to attend the Super Bowl? Um, comparisons between Mahomes and Brady, Brock Purdy being drafted last in the 2022 draft, or the classic debate about who would win in a fight, Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid. Which one of those storylines do you think you'll get sick of first? I don't know if I'd get sick of any of them. The fight one sounds fun. I could spend two weeks arguing for both to win a fight. Um, the Taylor Swift one, surprisingly, is is going to be really good for casual NFL viewers um, in the biggest game of the year. Uh, the Brock Purdy stuff is, it's great. Maybe that's the one I get sick of. Like I already know he's Mr. Irrelevant and he shouldn't be here and he's been there twice or whatever. He's been to two championship games and now he's going to Super Bowl. Um, that's, that's probably the one I love a good underdog story, but at some point that new cycle might get to be too much. Cause you're, yeah, that's going to ramp up. Isn't it? That's going to be absolutely. Yes, yeah. That's the one I'll get sick of. It's absolutely the Brock. I'm already sick of it. Just thinking about it. Like, all right. Like we know where he got drafted. He's already proven he's a winner at this level. So just let the guy go out there and play quarterback. But yeah, I'm going to get sick of that storyline. And maybe what that storyline turns into is they start comparing him to the seventh round draft pick of Tom Brady. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of that one. That's really good. Yeah. Well, this is funny, man. I, I was surprised that we got unanimous on this one, but I'm on the Brock Purdy thing too. Like I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it already. And I can just imagine, like, how many times it's going to be mentioned in the eight-hour pregame show they do on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, ah, gosh, this is going to be terrible. So, all right, moving on, why don't we dive into some of our Iceman cold shots, our ice-cold winter takes from around the sports world. Staying in the NFL, the coaching carousel 
is still spinning, but seats are running out. Harbaugh is in San Diego. Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Some guy named Dave Canalis is the coach in Carolina now. Brian Callahan is the coach in Tennessee. That leaves only two jobs left, Seattle and Washington. And still, of course, the big names are out there, Belichick, Vrabel, and Pete Carroll. Now, I think that Seattle job is a good one, but I don't know about the commander's job. Do you think any of those three guys would take the job coaching the Washington commanders? Maybe Vrabel, but I don't I don't think it's one of those three guys. I, I think uh the talk today was the OC from Detroit as yeah, so yeah. an on favorite to, to get that job. And that that seems like the right like all right, the promotion from OC to head coach, young upstart head coach with that team the way it's currently constructed, that makes the most sense there. I think Pete Carroll would be a great fit in Seattle. They should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> there are three quality, if not excellent NFL coaches still out there for two franchises. The Washington one is, I mean, it's new ownership, but you have no quarterback. You have real issues there. Yeah. Uh, so, so who wants that reclamation project? Maybe it's Pete Carroll. Maybe he fits there better than, than Belichick or Vrabel, because I would rather, if I'm, if I'm the commanders, who's the last established head coach. You've, I mean, Rivera riverboat realm was kind of established, but nothing yeah. great. And then you brought back what's like the guy who won more gives. Didn't he come back? Yeah, and yeah. Coach? yeah right. he did. Yeah. So if, if that I'm was like that, 15 years right, ago when yeah, he came back, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm that owner, I want one of those three guys, uh, but, but who fits there? I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Carol, because he still wants to coach where I know Belichick does and Vrabel does anybody fits well in any of those two jobs. But I just think that the Seahawks one is a much more glamorous and a team that's ready to win and should be yeah. winning job where the commanders, you, you have to build the culture and build the roster back up. So maybe Pete goes that way. He seems like a, a happy go lucky enough guy that, that, that stuff wouldn't, he's not surly like Belichick and Vrabel. So yeah. maybe he fits better there. I'd like to see how happy go lucky he is eight games into next <laughs> yeah, year coaching yeah, the Washington two commanders. And six. I think that yeah. would wear on anybody, man. <laughs> Happiest guy alive. I don't think he'd handle it. I don't think any of those three guys are taking that job. I don't think any of them want like the burden of putting that thing back together. And I think for Belichick and Carroll, they're probably thinking I'm too old, you know, like I, I don't want to start at ground zero like this. And I think Vrabel's probably thinking, like, I'm young enough that I don't want to tarnish my reputation by going in there and, you know, doing three seasons and not being able to turn it around. I think there's a really good chance that this carousel is going to stop spinning and none of those guys have jobs. And they're all going to be, like, on TV next year or something. Like that. Seeing Bill Belichick on TV would be so weird. Like, what if he's, like, the third-level, like, game crew you know it's like him and mark sanchez calling Spiro a game Agnew. or something like this yeah. yeah. <laughs> i'll put him across that the table from weird. Stephen a smith that'd be hilarious <laughs> yeah oh god <laughs> that would be yeah that's another good topic for a show is like what would be the most off-putting bill belichick tv job <laughs> all right well why don't we try to warm things up a little bit and talk about baseball because we haven't done that in a really long time. I don't know if you remember, because it was a good, like, six months ago, but Minnesota and Detroit both finished ahead of the Cle Cleveland Guardians in the AL Central last year. Now, the Twins' biggest offseason move thus far is signing a guy named Bubba Thompson off of waivers from the Yankees. The Tigers' biggest move of the offseason so far was signing Colt Keith, a guy whose first and last names are reversed, to a six-year deal, he's never played in the majors yet. Like, it's a minor league guy that they're giving, like, a big extension to and putting some faith in him. Guardians' biggest moves were re-signing Austin Hedges and Carlos Carrasco. How do you like the Guardians' chances if all three teams basically just run it back with the same rosters from last season? I don't love it. I don't know if it was last week. Was last week like their festival or the week before? Because I, yeah. Yeah. I saw somebody ask that question kind of to, to to Paul Dolan and he talked about basically developing talent and and that makes me a little bit nervous because there are glaring needs on this roster uh to put them over to hump in in a very winnable division each and every year uh but if you're watching what your competition's doing and they're not really doing anything and and you think we stand pat 
Uh, I know we all love Austin Hedges and Cookie, but uh, how much are they really? No, I can't believe they like how much are, how much are they really going to contribute to this team? Yeah. That that's what worries me. You're not addressing the needs like we want you to. But I, from the other perspective, I understand why they are gun shy because they spent a lot of money last year. And neither of those free agents work out. In fact, it was the worst possible outcome. And the fact, like, who was the yeah. big dude? They they cut and or trade him, and they had the bobbleheads. Like they were talking about bringing him back from the Cubs. Well, oh, the uh, monster guy! Like I'm supposed to be excited about that now. Fran Mill, Fran Mill guy, yeah, Fran yeah. Mill Reyes, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine if we have Fran Mill again? Oh, oh God, don't do it, don't do it. I'd rather not score any runs. Is the question how excited? At- Am I or or if what do you how do you move. how much do you like how do you like uh, the Guardians' chances? Our, I like that they signed Cookie Carrasco because I think he's older than our our new manager and maybe he'll just slide into a, a coaching position at, at, <laughs> at some point. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, even when he was here in his prime, I'm pretty sure he can't hit home runs, and that's our that's our problem. I don't I don't know who's going to hit the ball uh, hard and long out of the stadium on this roster. Um, so. Standing pat doesn't make me feel good about this offseason, even if the Tigers and the Twins don't do anything more than what they just did, because I think this Guardians team, as we've proven, can win the division. But what do you do when you get into the playoffs? You're not playing the Tigers and the Twins and their slap hitters, right? Um, So find some power somewhere, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't feel good about it. I actually feel pretty good about it. The, the power if everybody's running not the power but just just the opportunity to win the division if everybody stands pat because we lost so many games to injuries last year that starting rotation was so banged up if we just get on the other side of that bad luck there there might be enough wins right there to get you the division we get a full hopefully healthy season from Josh Naylor and that might you know that might give us some some more power than we saw last year in the lineup. So I'm awfully glass half full in January about this upcoming baseball season. But I have even more great news for you guys. Last week, a brand new professional league debuted. The Pro Volleyball Federation played its first game in Omaha in front of more than 11,000 fans. The Atlanta Vibe won a five-set nail-biter over the Omaha Supernovas. So what do you think is more likely, that this is the last time we talk about this or that I'm going to make you pick a new favorite team and we're going to talk about it every week? Well, having known you for a long time, I feel like it's more likely that I will be subscribing to one of the professional volleyball teams and following them through the season. be fine with that because we're a big volleyball house here. We watch a lot of college women's volleyball uh so wow yeah. you can be our official correspondent for the i can pro sure. volleyball federation yeah vspn plus you get all the women's volleyball games and they usually play like uh tuesday thursday or wednesday saturday so we whitney was a my wife was an excellent volleyball player so wow. um we watch a lot of it and i would be more than happy to be your like i was a Cavs correspondent years ago when and see how that turned out we're talking about them all the time yeah all right, so Atlanta Vibe, Columbus Fury, Grand Rapids Rise, Omaha Supernovas, Orlando Valkyries, San Diego Mojo, or the Vegas Thrill? Chuck, since you're a fan, I'm going to let you go first. Who's going to be your new favorite terrible. team? These are terrible <laughs> names. These are UFL names. Uh, Omaha, what's the Omaha team? Supernovas. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Supernovas because volleyball is huge in Omaha. That was a good choice. Savvy. Mm-hmm. Boy, I feel compelled to go local, but I, 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 I think, uh, cause then maybe I, I can get to a game or two, right? Like we can yeah. or ma- match. Do the Haslam's uh, own the, uh, yeah, do they, I don't, do they play yet. outdoors at the soccer stadium? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll let's, let's do it. Let's the Columbus fury. Yeah. Obviously I'm going with the grand rapids rise. Same reason as Phil, like maybe there's a chance I can get down there for a game but uh welcome to the pro volleyball federation guys this is going to be a lot of fun and on that note we're going to close out this segment take our final break we're going to head off the field and talk some new music welcome back fellas as we head off the field for our final segment welcome to new year's 
our look at new music that was in my release radar on Spotify this week. The songs that I had you guys listen to this weekend were Justin Timberlake's new song, Selfish, Shane Smith and the Saints' new song, All the Way, a new Wyatt Flores song named Milwaukee, some guy named Strings did a techno cover of Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, and last but not least, Thomas Argo... Ar- Argoin? Arguin? Where are you going? His, his, <laughs> his song, Descend Pi Un Roche, our first ever French country music song, maybe the first one ever, period. Uh, so, scale of one to five, one being a third nipple, five being the cochlea, which is the part <laughs> of your inner ear that helps with <laughs> hearing and balance. <laughs> How necessary is a techno remix of Sugar Pie Honey Bunch? I think we like to pronounce it cochlea, but I like that you went cochlea. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I I like that. Um, So wait a minute. One was a third nipple. Five is the cochlea that we clearly need. As a negative two, I I don't need... (laughs) I, I never need the night at the Roxbury version of a four top song. Like what is happening? Yeah, it's a one. That song was gross. And I've actually heard like Motown remix songs and some of them were very good, but this was just like kids boppy lazy. Yeah. Like what, Ugh. what is happening? Like keep the original vocal. Great. But that was brutal. Man. Like we, th- this was, this was a challenge. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> this was a challenge. <laughs> like five songs. It was rough. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> Of the songs we listened to this weekend, what was the worst? Ooh, I, I probably I would probably go with the Sugar Pie Honey Bunch only because I didn't know what Thomas Aquinas was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I I think it's Sugar Pie Honey Bunch was my least favorite. Close second to that was probably Timberlake's song "Selfish," for for weird reasons that I guess we can get into if you want to, but. I, the, the French Canadian pop country, whatever that was, I thought I heard him say the word baseball. So I was excited for like a second. I'm like, what? Did he say baseball? All right, baseball. We're going to get to it. Oh. But he did. Oh. So yeah, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch was awful. That was awful. That was a terrible song. Um, okay. So speaking of Justin Timberlake, famously part of the boy band in sync, what was the original quintessential boy band? The Beatles? Jackson 5, Menudo, New Edition, or New Kids on the Block? I like that you put Menudo in there, but I, I would say <laughs> the Beatles were the quintessential boy band that reached a level of musical mastery that no other boy band has done since then. So I, I would say they were. That's almost why I would count them out. Like, I'm not yeah. sure they could be a boy band because they were too good. Yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking about. Like, are you truly a boy band if you were really a good band? If if that excludes you, then New Kids on the Block would be, get my vote. Like they're they're the original boy band because it's like okay, this is not quality music. This these are not musicians. These are people that we're gonna have dance and we'll we'll play some synthesized music and the women will love it, I guess. But to that point, the Beatles kind of had that like all right, yes. women are fainting when yes. they show up at airports, yeah. kind of. Yeah. You know? yeah. And Menudo too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, probably. The Beatles seem like the right choice because they were so bubblegummy when they started, but it's just so hard to consider them a boy band when they go on to also become arguably the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Uh, really hard to look at the Jackson 5, Menudo, New Edition, and New Kids on the Block and be like, gosh, you know, but for they could have been the greatest rock band of all time. <laughs> but that's not the case with any of those guys. So I think I'm going to go with NKOTB because I feel like they were the ones that really kind of started the trend of at least what we understand boy bands to be. So Timberlake is now 42 years old. Uh, Does the new song Selfish show that he has aged out of the pop genre or is he on his way to becoming the Mick Jagger of pop music? This song was so unimpressive to me. (laughs) I just... I, I thought I thought you know who should sing the song was Taylor Swift and like put her swing on it and I think same lyrics but a different vibe and it would be a better song. I feel like I couldn't stop listening to this. I'm like Justin Timberlake had Chat GPT write him a song and now he's singing it and it's just Jumper, Justin Timberlake singing this song. So I think he's aged out. 
hard to connect to a 42 year old man with a family singing this kind of song maybe i'm asking the question wrong does he age out or did he sell out is this just like, like a complete oh. sellout like this is a great way to yeah generate 10 million listens on spotify and make a little bit of money promote like a tour that he's doing this summer he's coming to cleveland by the way if i say he's aged out that's a problem not because he's 42 because there's no real males that are leading pop music today it's it's completely female driven which is not bad there's nothing wrong with that the problem becomes that a guy who has been there for we got to be 20 some plus years now between NSYNC and his solo career and when he releases music it should be an event and it should be a positive one I don't, I don't know if this is positive and it leads me to kind of go it's I don't know if it's aged out as much as it's lazy. It, it it just feels like a real lazy, like an album track, not a length lead single for your comeback right. album and tour. That's the problem I kind of had with it. I, the bigger issue is that name a male in that genre who is is leading it. Joey Fatone. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's fine. One of the other guys. <laughs> name another guy. Jordan Knight. It should, it should Jordan be like Knight is in KTP. <laughs> Like Bruno oh, Mars, right? Like Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. Yes. That would right. be a good example of Yes, Bruno Mars but he, would be a good example. Is he leading it? I don't know. Like, you know, well, he hasn't released anything in like right. three years. Right. So yeah. Well, I actually really liked the Jumber, Justin Timberlake song. I thought it had like a nice beat and um I didn't really listen to the words at all, but I, I was entertained. I just kind of figured this is what he does. I, I don't know that I was looking for a lot of depth from Justin Timberlake in that song. So I think he's hanging around. Uh, especially if nobody else is doing it. He's the only show in town. Moving on to Thomas Arguin. I don't sure. know how to say sure. this guy's name. Our our French country music singer. What is Descent P. Un Roche about? I don't know. I put it in Google Translate, at least the title, and it's 10 cents in a rock, and that's where I stopped. Like, that's that's enough. I listened to it twice. That's That's enough for me. The only word I understood was baseball. So I'm assuming it's about baseball. As you may know, I now have a family member who speaks fluent French. So I sent him the song and asked him to translate it for me and give me like the cliff notes version of what's going on. And he says, basically, it's like a song about like the day after a really heavy night of drinking. And so James's summary that he texted me was, you finish the night in left field looking for your beer and the next morning you're trying to figure out what the final score from the previous night and you're fine you're left with only 10 cents and a rock and that's it that's what that's what that song's about um it helps to uh it helps to i have a follow-up some... question how, yeah. how did this land how did this land in your spot i have no idea you know how you always wonder if your phone's like always listening to you even when you're like not using it I'm yeah. wondering if like all that French talking I did for a couple episodes oh, yeah. ago for the Cavs right. are like, oh, hey, this guy. I did. <laughs> well, there was a lot of practicing that went into that episode. So maybe that's how otherwise, I don't know. They've just run out of like Zach Bryan songs to put in there. <laughs> and so I end up with the French version or something like that. All right. So of any of the songs we listened to tonight, were there any that, sent you back into like that musician's catalog to listen to more of what they were doing. Yeah. Two. Uh, well, now my voice is cracking. Two of them. Um, Milwaukee two. two. uh, Milwaukee by Wyatt Flores. Cause I cannot remember for the life of me. I could not remember the other track that we talked about. So I went back to through his catalog. Cause that, I actually thought that was a good song. I, I enjoyed that song. Uh, and then the, all the way by Shane Smith and the, and that, that group, I was like, this is, is this Johnny Cash? Is this Johnny yeah, Cash? Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is Johnny Cash. So I dove into that band because I thought, is this Johnny Cash's nephew? Or And I could find no relation. Sounds eerily similar, though. Yeah. It's the same. Um, Wide Floor is more than Shane Smith and the Saints. But I thought the same. Like, that was my note. Is like, this sounds like Johnny Cash, like the Hurt album. That, the, like, late in the career where it's very sparse in just his his voice. Um, but... Uh, more so with Wyatt Floors. I've listened to some more Wyatt Floors after the last time. We listened to that song about how he sucked at high school sports. That was really That's good. Right. That's what it was. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I really liked I really liked Milwaukee, but I did a lot of like Shane Smith listening 
because uh, I really, really like that song. Uh, and they've got some interesting albums, man. It's um, That's an interesting group. I'm going to listen to them some more. So of what we listened to this weekend, which was mostly not very good, what was your favorite song and why? Some of it was okay, and some of it was good. I, I like Milwaukee. It, it's very good. To me, it's a, it's a real traditional country voice sound with very pop-friendly hooks. Uh, and that is a recipe for success in that genre. I like some of the imagery and the metaphor. And, and I thought there's more to this than, uh, than the first listen. So um, I've been, a, you know, I spent a lot of time in that format in radio and in country format. And I've said for like for the last 15 years, there should be a superstar that is Latino that, that comes out of that format because it's a very untapped market for it. And I don't know if this is the guy, but he seems like he has a bunch of charisma and it's accessible, even though there's some depth to his music. So Milwaukee, I thought, the more I listen to it, like this could be a massive hit if the machine is behind it. Oh, all right. Uh, I went with Milwaukee as well. Um, I, I think it was, we all like a sad song, right? Like it's, it's, that's always good, good content. And I, the imagery is what sold it for me. I, I, the way he painted the picture of the cold, rainy weather in Milwaukee as he's trying to talk this woman into staying with him and, you know, not breaking up and leaving him behind and these kind of things. I, I could see it. I could feel it. It was both that. So the, the imagery really stuck with me with that song. Good song. Um, I went with all the way, uh, this, the Shane Smith song before I even paid any attention to like who it was and like what he was singing about. It was just playing in the background while I was working. And it's like one of those things that like ca it caught my ear right, right away. I was like, Holy cow, this is really good. Uh, and then it ends up being this like really kind of like desperate, sad, but very romantic, like pledge to like stay loyal and stay in love with like his spouse forever. And I thought it was kind of cool how it, it, he sings about all of it. He sings about like the entire lifespan together. You know, you don't hear a lot of songs about like, we're going to be old and wrinkly and like our go to doctor's appointments and stuff, but he's like covering <laughs> that whole range. And I played it for Tammy and she told me I was a sissy. Oh, she's like, man. she's like, gosh, but she's like, you're way too in your feelings right now. Something's oh, going on. Wow. She's like my birthday or something like that. Like, I don't know. It was not well received. You're right. It felt, it felt like a song that was meant for just his wife or, or yeah. his significant yeah. other. And it was, mm -hmm. it was really pretty. And it's like, yeah, when I listened to it, the contrast, cause his voice is a baritone and it's only piano. Yeah. So of very course stripped down. Sparse. Yeah, so yeah. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. of course your ears are going to perk up, but it just felt very personal. Like I shouldn't be listening to this because it's, it's, it's meant for only one person, not for everybody. It was really good. I liked it. And I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to listen to more of their stuff, man. I, I that was a, a nice little find. All right. Now I need some help. As you guys know, uh, we are about halfway through a season quote unquote in our music league with all the guys. Uh, and I'm really glad we're not using this to decide who wears the cat tank for next year's trip. <laughs> Chuck is currently winning the league with 84 total votes for the songs that he submitted. Denko is tied for second with 81. I'm in last place with only 51 votes. So please, somebody, what is your secret to success in the league? Well, here's it depends on the week. Like, do you want to garner votes or do you want to put decent music on a playlist. I want to win. Yeah, right? So you want to so you want to garner votes. So what you need to do is you need to think about this group of guys. <laughs> and I have already made several mistakes. I'm like no one's voting for this. No one's voting for this. Like Chuck might. <laughs> yeah. just, that's it. That's it. Um so I think I think the way to go is think about the group that's listening and you'll get more votes with a, a rush song than you will cheese tax. <laughs> true <laughs> we're gonna get to it i love cheese tags i, I dove into the whole no. i dove into did you no. see my comment i dove into the entire band's repertoire yeah. like they yeah. have 33 songs about yeah. dogs it's, it's, a big too album. Many. it's so good <laughs> phil put it really well you you have to almost think like who, who's gonna like this song who will vote for this song but the but the truth is i think the way to win this thing is you need one or two people to give you multiple votes for that song, not just one or two, like yeah, you need three or four. And that, yeah. that's the way you go. So uh, when you're, when you're thinking about whatever the next round is, I haven't looked at it yet. And I know we're over halfway through it. I got to submit, focus on one person and think, 
is Phil going to give me plus three or plus four on here? Because <laughs> oh that's the that, that's the way to win. That's how you get it. Just put put a Foo Fighter song song on your True, yeah. I'll give you four. <laughs> Gosh, it's, it's just pandering. It's pandering to voters, not coming out with good quality stuff. Right. What a disappointment. Jeez. All right, so let's look at some of my biggest losers from the first four weeks of this league. Uh, my Christmas pick, Merry Christmas, everybody, finished dead last. I lost a dick in a box with that choice. <laughs> the week after that, we had like our new beginnings, looking forward to like bright new future for New Year's. Um, both my picks lost to the theme music from the hills. Uh, oh the third week, about freedom, I went with Free Your Mind by Invoke. Could not have been more on point for the topic. And it was a throwback to like our class theme from 1995. It got four shitty votes, tied for last place. That's it. Last week was the food-themed week. Denko already mentioned it. I put Cheese Tax on there, a song about a dog wanting cheese. And that's the best performing song I've had in the entire league so far. It got eight votes, and I still lost to Weird Al and a song called Chop Suey. So are we 100% sure I'm the problem, or are you guys just all dicks? No, it's definitely the group. You're not yeah, the problem. It's, a, it's not you. It's not you. Oh, perfect. It's not me. It's you. Yeah, all right. right, so... Halfway through this league, where are we at? Do you recommend I try to mount a historic comeback, or should I just tank for draft position next year? <laughs> well, I, you know, looking ahead at the topics, it might be it might be working to your advantage and into your sweet spot. Like next is special songs for that special someone. Like that, oh, you that might be oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. You can, and then soundtrack gems. Like okay, like all right, like this is. I think there's some cat. I don't want you to give up yet is what I'm saying. Like, I think there's some cat. Oh, you think I should keep trying to win. I do. I do. Because we're, we're at the halfway point. We're at the halfway point and you can make up 30 some points. If I keep giving you fours, I just don't know what songs you, I never pegged you for cheese tax. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, man, it's about a dog. I love dogs. I put, you guys know that. I commented on that and I gave you all 18 of my points, but the system wouldn't let me. I know. I've tried to do that too. I thought about at one point just burning the league down and giving all 18 votes to whatever the worst song on the list was each week, but it won't let me do that. You can't vote for your own. <laughs> I know, man. How did I lose the dick in a box? Chuck, what do you think, man? Should I be trying or should I be quitting? I don't think you should quit. It's a long season. It feels like we're going to go through March or April here, I, I believe. And And the only advice is like, there's rounds where I, I see, obviously, we start to see who submitted songs. I think, like, you you have good taste in music. The the sweet spot for you is going to be, be true to yourself. Like, I really love this song. It fits the category, and I think a bunch of other people will like it. And, and maybe leave the, I know you love dogs. <laughs> maybe leave the cheese tax <laughs> alone. Like, cheese tax is like so a, catchy, there, though. Right, but there's, there's enough anarchy with all the Rush songs that are yeah. going to pop up here. Uh, so yeah. like you can't play that role just there's there's plenty of time to come back here plenty of time uh, you just need to win like one or two rounds and, and you'll jump up those standings i really hope that instagram will allow me to tag cheese tax in the post <laughs> when i uh when i put the show up tomorrow morning because that's a really catchy song all right fellas thanks for your advice i guess i won't tank yet although i was really looking forward to tanking uh, but i guess i'll keep trying and see if i can can rally in this league but fellas we are out of time i am out of questions for now and we just did the whole show without mentioning that on wednesday netflix announced it would start streaming wwe raw in january 2025 with that news about an idea that sounded great until defecation started trending on oh, twitter baby i hope you have a great week <laughs> oh, and let's no. get together and do oh, this again no. real soon <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh. <laughs>kids are good we had chips like family birthday party today oh, because oh okay we were gonna have it last week with that storm and we wanted people up to travel so um and he we let him choose his own theme like what do you want to do you want to do oh, like a Disney or monsters. And he's like breakfast. So <laughs> breakfast was <laughs> fucking great. That is so awesome. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. We yeah. had, 
That's fantastic. Of bacon and sausage and eggs and waffles and donuts. What did you decorate though? If breakfast is the theme, uh, like yeah, there's there's donut. We have like uh, donut tablecloths and happy okay. birthday and donuts and sprinkles. There donuts everywhere. Yeah, he's a big donut guy and a big sprinkle guy. Uh, you know, it was a good party. That's fantastic. It was a good time. Yeah, that's a that's a great theme. We have not. Yeah. We have I not done that, that theme you know, yet. I'm going to suggest it now, though. Freaking, <laughs> like the food, especially you, Phil, because you're yeah, a yeah. master. The food was so easy. Oh, yeah. Like we yeah. just yeah. Cut, food. Up, yep. cut up a ton of fruit and it was, we were done. It was awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> we're going to get to that next week, Danko. Sorry. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> Phil. Chuck. I'm still Phil. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Boy, we're just not on our A game tonight, man. <laughs> uh, I've. To new ears, our look at new music that was in my release radar on Spotify this week. I got my my voice cracked right there. Why don't we try that one again? What Super Bowl storyline are you going to be getting sick of hearing? That doesn't make any sense. What Super Bowl storyline... Stories about how the Lions embody the city of Detroit. <clears throat> no, that doesn't make any sense. That's they not the one I it. wanted. Yeah, they're not going to talk about the Lions right. anymore. Right, 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 right. Because, see, this is this is the hard part of the game ending <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. right yeah. as we're starting because yeah. I had to write out options for, for <laughs> both of them. Okay, so stories about Taylor Swift is good. Next one. Even more great news for you guys. Once Chucky starts paying attention again. I'm sorry. My wife's going to sleep. I had to give her some. Excellent. Good work. <laughs> um, I don't need all those. Oh, here's this this dipshit who's already dropped two big balls for the Lions. They finally caught one. Stinks. Yeah. I feel like the Lions decided it was a good idea to, like, grease Balloons? up their gloves at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like nobody can catch a ball in the second half. Two different, two different halves here. Yeah. Well, the turnover killed them too because that was what it was tied still. Yep. When Gibbs, that was a, a fumble. No, right? it was, they were they were up. Oh, it was, were they still it up? Was still twenty four seventeen. Oh, you're right. He, that led to the time. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that 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 was a big deal. Dan yep. Campbell not having a great game. Nah, he went for it on that fourth down when they could have kicked mm -hmm. a field goal to make it twenty-seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yep. That in retrospect, that was probably getting a little bit too aggressive. You know, could have kept it a three-score game. He took the three at the end of the first half, which was the right thing to do as well when they yep. were on the two, yep. or three or whatever. You know, <clears throat> I he's just a think conflicted he man. <laughs> I just think he thought that that was like the death blow. Yeah, yeah like, um, put us up three scores, right? That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge balls on that. That's huge now, though, because yeah. now you get the onside kick. You have to complete like two passes to kick a field right. goal. Right. Yeah. Go for two here. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Go for that way. You can go for the win. Yeah, oh, no. Right. You can't. That'd be bad. Yeah. Don't do that, Dan. Don't do that. No. If they get the two, they can win it with a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't get the two, then they have to score a touchdown. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Kick the extra point. <clears throat> there was something, though, like there was somebody talking at the end of the, uh, the Ravens chiefs game that there've only been like two successful onside kicks this entire season that they yeah. changed the rules on it. Now it's yeah. like impossible. I think one of them was against the Browns was one of them right. against the Browns. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> they sell out the stadium for the watch yeah. party. It's fantastic. Yeah. That place has got to be going bonkers right now. Either that or it's Yet completely it silent. Yeah. <clears throat> Yet another reason to have a dome in Cleveland. All the money they can make even on a road. <laughs> yeah. There you parties. go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're telling me the fucking Cleveland fans for just a like a week three road game yeah. wouldn't tailgate would just, and then go into the stadium and watch the game? They absolutely would. Do you think you get two jackets, one for watch parties oh. and one for actual games? <laughs> It'd be amazing if the one for the watch party was somehow thinner. <laughs> <laughs> It's for indoor. The other one's for indoor. You have to have a kicker develop a, a technique here where you like drill it off the oh, front man's no. head. Oh, oh no. 
Nah, it, I'm sorry. It's the first yeah. time I've ever been ahead of both of you. Yeah. Oh! oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they had a chance. They had it. It went off his hands, and he was 10 yards, too. Feels very Browns-like, though. Yeah. Some yeah. of this game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy needed to be a wide receiver, not a linebacker. Hey, did you guys All know right, Brock Purdy was drafted last in the draft? I'm already uh, that on my screen. What? Yeah. He was? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? You're kidding me. Mr. Irrelevant? Huh. Now he's going to be a Super Bowl champion? Oh, uh, now, blah, 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 now blah. they're comparing 49ers starting QBs in Super Bowls. Oh, boy. Yeah. Fucking 49ers. God damn it. They're probably going to win, right? won that game. I mean, they're probably going to win. 49ers. Like, I, you, you know what? They're, oh, they're, um, the line's already out. It's a, it's they're, a they're giving a point and a half. Um, and I think it should be more. I, I don't understand how the Chiefs didn't score 30 today when Baltimore just kept on coughing the ball up to them. Um, and, and like to me, it's because they're not that good on offense. I think that defense is really good. Detroit's defense was really good too, though. And, you know, this 49ers offense gets, well, we're going to get to it. All right. All, All right. right. I'm beat. Fellas. Hey, right, fellas. Great to be back in the saddle. Yeah. Um, whatever saddle is in French. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Uh, yeah. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. That means I love you in French. Oh, there you go. Hey. Yeah, love, you too. love you too. Yeah. Spin that one out, Chuck. You see, it gets you anywhere tonight. <laughs> I'm going to try it right now. Yeah. I, had a boy. <laughs> I love you guys. Have a good All one. Right. Love see you guys. Later. See you. See you. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? Here to amuse you?